This is a podcast from Minute Media. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Good evening, Wolves fans and hopefully other football supporters of the world join us tonight on our match preview episode of Wolves Away to Tottenham, 12.30 on Saturday on BT Sport. I've got with me tonight Rich, Kim and Gully and I hope uh, they're as calm as me because I'm still absolutely delirious with enthusiasm oh. with what Fosun have chucked at us in the last 24 hours. Well, still a bit disappointed to announce the club record transfer signing at 5-12 to 12 last night, but I'm trying to keep positive. We'll, we'll avoid the annoyance of that. Uh, guys, big big weekend ahead, Tottenham away, uh, but the latest news that's coming out of Molly in the last sort of 24 hours, we've broken our club record transfer fee for Portuguese midfielder, future Ballon d'Or winner, Mateus Nunes. Uh, Kim, what was just your thoughts when uh, you woke up this morning to that news? What a shock that it was announced at 12 o'clock, to be honest. Woke up a little bit late as it was and thought, oh, I'll just check. Having put notifications on last night and given up, then got went to sleep at 11 because I just thought, no, it's not it's not happening tonight, is it? It's going to be first thing tomorrow. And then, yeah, just utter shock and just disbelief that we've actually signed this player. Um, but, yeah, actually lost a worse once. Rich... I'm taking, as I missed the uh, the admin duties last night, that maybe your daughter maybe woke you up in the night, but you so you were able to post the news. Yep, it was perfect. It was perfect timing. Who who doesn't love being woken up at one o'clock in the morning anyway? But it did make it feel slightly better when I did check Twitter after coming back into bed to see that he had signed. It was a little bit irritating. Like I don't understand why I couldn't wait until you know t- seven o'clock this morning. But you know, I, I, it feels like a little bit marketing gimme to do it at five to midnight. I loved it. it, loved it just a little bit. If you're eight, it did find out who were light sleepers. That's we, all I'll say. As you say, are we actually buying into the fact that the, they planned to do it at five to midnight or they just did it as soon as they'd actually finished? It wasn't scheduled. I checked the tweet, I'm sure it was. Wait. It was just there a were, tweet. There were sort of rumblings within social media that it took them so many times to get that one-take video announcement correct. That's the reason why it was delayed so long. I, I think so many people were het up and wrapped up with, oh, they're going to announce it at 2027 because his contract's going to run till 2027 and his number's 27 and we got 27% off and all this kind of shit. But I, I got fed up with it, to be honest. It was uh, just... Just relax, chill out, enjoy your evening, go and do something, spend some time doing something. It's it's only been a handful of years since we broke our club record transfer fee for <laughs> Ivan Cavalero, which was around £7 million. We had that lineup last week of um, Wolves versus Crawley in the EFL Cup, and that was literally seven years ago, the first round of the EFL Cup, and we had the likes of 
Courtney House, Danny Bart in that lineup, uh, Jack Price, Jao Teixeira, Joe Mason. It's literally unreal how far we've come in seven years. And Fosun really offered all-inclusive humble pie this week, Kim. Yeah, I think everyone's pretty much, I mean, holding your hands up. I mean, my my FPL team name last year was She's Electric. And this year, I decided to change it because I was like, mm, not really feeling She's being electric at the moment. So I changed it. And I wish I hadn't because, to be fair, like, you can't, you can't, say we they haven't put up the money now they they have as long as we get a striker I mean you can't say they haven't got the players that we needed in the right positions as well pretty much in the the spine of the team so I think most Wolves fans would have to admit they probably did doubt um Jeff Shee but we've got to eat a bit of humble pie now and I'm pretty yeah pretty happy to do that uh, Jeff Sheebank comments, we are very happy to welcome Mateus to Wolverhampton and delighted to add another exciting young talent to Bruno's squad. Mateus has had two excellent seasons at the top level in Portugal with Sporting and is widely regarded as one of the most exciting prospects in world football. So we are thrilled that he has chosen the Premier League and Wolves as the next step in what we'll hope to be a fantastic career. Uh, Mateus Nunes made comments in regards to his teammates that he spoke to Ruben uh, Neves, João Martinho and Jose Sarr. And they all said great stuff about the club uh, he, he followed on with. Uh, I've wanted to come here for a long time now. This is the best league in the world for sure. And like I said, it's the best step for me and I'm ready. He, he's saying all the right things at the moment, isn't he, Gully? He is. Um, I think it's, it's been quite well documented all summer that we've been in for him and that he's kind of been holding out for potentially a bigger club. Uh, seemingly it wasn't... Um, going to come to fruition so yeah maybe he's got a little bit of uh convincing to do that he's convinced by the project but look he's here now if he performs well you know he's probably going to ultimately get what he wants and i don't think we're under any illusions that he's going to stick around at walls for the rest of his career or anything like that he's here to propel us to a different level make us a hell of a lot of money hopefully at some point and uh you know shake hands on that and uh, wish him all the best for the future uh, Mateus Nunes did make the comments that he'd spoken to Bruno Large beforehand. Uh, Mateus said, I wanted to know what the mister expects of me. And it's good to know that he has a lot of expectations of me, that he believes in me. And that gives me the will to work hard and prove that he's right as well. I just want to help the club achieve the goals and try to reach as high as we can in the table, make the most of the points we can and as, win as many games as we can. He is going to be a massive, massive boost to our squad not just as a another body but he's taking our quality levels to an uh, another high isn't he rich yeah i think we, we've been droning on for 18 months minimum um longer than that even around the shortage we have shortages we have in center midfield not only does he give us that extra dimension which is something we've been screaming out for he's gonna allow other players to be more versatile as well and allow us to adopt different systems just off the back of a having that other body but him being just so good as well and what he can bring to a team unlike you know however good Ruben Nevers is they are chalk and cheese as players they are going to offer us different things and that is a really tantalizing thing as a fan because for what to say how, how many years we've had only three midfielders basically for two years essentially because Sace doesn't didn't really play midfield even under Nuno 
did he? So it, it's going to be really exciting, and you know we just got to hope he lives up to the lives up to the hype. To be honest, uh, Matthias Nunes did speak about the preseason friendly between the two sides. Uh, he commented on Wolves; they were they were good for sure. They were fantastic and talked a lot of good stuff, and I could tell they had a lot of quality as well because I've seen them on TV. But in person, it's different. And I'm just happy to be here with them. We had talked about this move before, but it happened really quick. But I'm prepared. I'm ready. And if I could, I'd play tomorrow. I want to play for the fans. I want to make the most of it to enjoy myself and to help the club. We've posted quite a few Twitter highlight reels in the last 24 hours of uh, Mateus Nunes. And what's the sort of main things that's impressed you, Gully, what he's going to bring to us as a club? I think it's just that ability to to take the ball under pressure and, and come out with it. Um, he seems to be kind of the, the complete package of a midfielder that, that you need. So maybe not the most prolific, but ultimately he's going to do the dirty work, um, pick up the ball and transition. And that's really where I think we've been lacking, you know, a, a bit of a bit of a spark. He's, once he breaks those lines um, in midfield, he'll open up the pitch for those forwards. And I think that's what they struggled with in the game against Fulham in particular. Uh, last weekend, you know, we've got we had a lot of talent out on the pitch, and um, but you know we were playing against quite a packed defence. They weren't able to find the angles of the passes that that we'd like them to. So if Nunes is able to break those lines from deeper positions um, and, and and feed the forwards, uh, you know, with less defenders to to contend with, then it's going to totally transform our attack. I'm hoping this is not an outlandish comment. So I'd like to hear some of the people's thoughts in the comments, and obviously you three guys, but. From what I've seen of Mateus Nunes so far, he seems to me like a really fast Yaya Toure in his prime. He seems to be so well-rounded as a midfielder. And those leggy strides, once he gets into a, a burst on the counter-attack, I don't think he's got an actual flaw to his game. That's clearly evident at the moment. Um, what, what's been what's impressed you, Kim, of what you've seen so far? I just, as you said, I feel like he looks, and don't get me wrong, I haven't seen him a lot just obviously the last few days on the on the highlight reels, he just looks like the complete package and seems to have the attributes that Neves, if you like, doesn't. You know, he looks a lot more mobile. He, he feels like he will play, obviously, a lot more um, forward than Neves. Um, obviously, he can play in the double pivot if we, you know, when we're playing sort of the, the, the better teams, if you like. But then I feel like he's just going to have everything if you like and that might sound a bit vague but I don't feel like there's going to be many flaws to his game um and it's just crazy isn't it to think that we've gone from not having enough midfielders now when you look at the strength in depth in centre midfield you're gonna probably have Dendonka as a fourth choice which I'm pretty happy with you know obviously there's there's I've had a, heard a few things that he might they might look to move him on, but as as I've said, I think the the four midfielders now that we've got at our disposal all offer something a little bit different. Um, and obviously, with Matinho's age, I feel like it's 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 gone from one of our weaknesses just by bringing um, bringing him in is, is almost can push us forward and can really sort of. Bring that creativity, I suppose, that sometimes because Neves is so deep, um, we kind of we kind of miss um, just a bit for more forward up the pitch. Um, Gully's reaction really stood out to me a few moments ago when I 
uh, described uh, Matthias as Yaya Torre was was it the outlandishness or uh, or what what was your sort of thoughts on that comment? We've got Hardeep Singh in the comments who said Yaya Torre with shades of <laughs> Then we've also got um, another comment which literally says Jesus Dan, which I assume is um lack of uh, belief in what I've just said. What's what's your sort of feelings on what sort of player do you describe Nunes as if he could I, I think it was more the fact that you call Yaya Torre slow or, or, or that Nunes is, is a lot quicker than him. That, I just think he's me. a lot more quick. I think the thing, the thing with Yaya Torre is I don't think he had the initial acceleration, but once he got going, he was an absolute tank. And yeah. I think Nunes, you see in some of these videos, how quickly counters and the, and the strides that he takes when he counters. You, it's massively do impressive. Know, do you know who reminds me of, I know it's popped up on the comments, but because of the balance with both feet, when I've sort of seen a couple of highlights and the way he shifts the ball between both feet and moves it out of the out of the close areas, it is a little bit Zidane-esque. I'm not going to say he's not, you know. Say it, Rich. You say are it. saying no, it, Rich. No, I'm not saying it. I'm We're not saying it. I'm not saying it. We are getting into some serious territory here. I, I, I was mean, thinking more... it, look, look, it will always go. Nunes, Zidane, Dave Edwards. That's the order. But at least Nunes is pushing it. He's he's in the conversation, is what I'm saying. Definitely brought us down a peg or two there. um, (laughs) Just got to bring it back to reality. I was thinking more uh, kind of one Alden or Musa Dembele, uh, two players that I've Hmm. I'd probably compare him to, especially. Wijnaldum, I think he's 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 got kind of wiry strength about him. He can he can beat a player, um, and he's going to put the graft in as well. Dembele's probably a bit more of a powerful presence, but I, I feel uh, you've got the, you've got it near enough spot on with uh, Moose Dembele. Yeah, see he's that. just so much faster, Gulley. Obviously, this is the fastest player alive, isn't he? he, he now? Like, he's borderline ninety-nine point five on FIFA for pace. Look at him and Troy race. I want to see. We need to see it now, don't we, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, the enthusiasm that we've got for this signing is oh, unreal. I, I just, I don't, I don't feel the fan base has um, reacted well enough to how big this signing is. I think it's this is bigger than never signing for us in the championship. He, but what, if, what if he's a flop without without sound trying to sound negative? Imagine if he is. Live streams. Hold on. <laughs> it ain't happening, Kim. He's a, he's a world elite level player and if we can keep him for sort of the next 18 to 24 months we will surely be within you back in european qualification that's how convinced i am this is like a carlos tevez signing for man city moment for me this is going to take us on to a new level it shows walls the project is still live and kicking and if we can get back into european qualification at the end of this season who knows who we can bring in next summer uh, and it's but, not necess- it doesn't necessarily mean that who say- who's saying he's going to move on in 18 months. If you think of Neves, right, we all thought, oh, he won't be here that long. And now, nearly five years later, he's still here. So let's not let's not just think it's a stepping stone. You never know. It depends on how well we do, if we get into Europe and all that sort of jazz. But we'll see. Uh, just before we touch on the other big news, Mr. Joey Wheeler in the comments, this is totally irrelevant, but Rich, you look like Miles Teller in Top Gun Maverick with that moustache. I'll take it. Yeah. For the uh, for the audio listeners at home, please, please um, make your way to our YouTube channel as soon as you listen to this episode just to enjoy Rich's tash. It's given him a good, it's made him look like a, a young, stunning Tom Selleck. 
in my oh, opinion. Wow. wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know how to react to a conference. I can see Stu Hall's watching, and I was a bit scared to put it in the group chat, but I decided to, you know, get the rest of the beer. He wants to borrow that I'm, hair for his head. Stu, Stu, Stu is priming for a comment, and I just know it. Whether it's going to be to me directly, or he's going to do it in a public forum, I'm ready for it. But, you know, I've had good feedback so far. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable with it. And, you know, did people notice in the office? No, that was a bit upsetting. But look, it's not about me today. It's about Nunes. That's all I'm going to say. I need to just calm myself down because my heart race is pulsating after <laughs> this news that Matez is and Richie's touching them in the moment, last few moments. But the other big news today has come from uh, Nottingham. Notts Forest <laughs> have apparently agreed a fee with Walls for. Uh, forward Morgan Gibbs White the fee apparently breaks down as 25 million pound up front a further 7 to 10 million pound in add-ons plus other ambitious installments which are difficult to achieve such as Notts Forest qualifying for European competition but if everything does appear uh, to happen in that contract between the two clubs that the final figure will be around 42.5 million pound <sighs> Just uh, how do you react to a fee like that, Kim? I think I tweeted earlier saying, could this day get any better when I read what was going on with Gibbs White? And that's not, I don't want to take away from the fact that I think he's done okay at the start of the season. I was more than happy for him to sort of be in the squad or even in the starting lineup, but you can't turn down that, that amount of money for. Let's be honest, we don't even really know if he's going to cut it in the Premier League. I think it's a no-brainer, isn't it? We've essentially got Nunes for a little bit more than we're going to sell Gibbs White for. Um, I just can't. I can't. We, we couldn't We couldn't turn that down, could we? Let's be honest. Um, so, yeah, shocked. I think it's interesting. And I, I did another show. I moonlit the other night and it was talking about Neto and oh, how much would he go for? And I kind of said, well, maybe 40 million because that seems to be the price that Wolves are happy to sell these players for. That ideally we buy them in for 15, 20 million and we sell them ideally with add ons to about 40. And it may, when I looked at the Gibbs White deal, it seems to be structured sort of similar to. Um, to the um, Diogo Jota deal, that it's not all up front. There's instalments, there's add-ons, and you know some of it, some of it's going to be very realistic for us to get in terms. Of it's going to be like appearance based and whatever, and there's going to be like an England call up that will get us a couple of million as well. And I don't know. I just think it's interesting. But I think Wolves have got sort of a price set that they're happy to sell. Not quite anyone. I think if you take Nevers out of the equation as our you know our golden ticket. I think pretty much any player, you know, whether it be Neto, Podence, um, or let's say even like eight Nori, I think if a big comes in for 40 million, almost no matter how it's sort of structured, but they're happy to go for it. And the fact that Gibbs White essentially cost us nothing, that matters, you know, Gibbs White's transfer will either funder transfer, which it, you know, essentially has done, or it's going to fund the academy for the next. 10 years you know it's win-win isn't it it's literally a no brain I know you're a massive fan of Morgan Gibbs why and you've, you've been pushing for him to be uh, one of Nuno's sorry 
Nuno's Bruno's main men okay. this season. Viva Nuno, we'll we'll never forget you, lad. Anyway, it is it is good to know our homegrown player as is is leaving Rich. Obviously, you've been pushing for him to be one of the main yeah. men this season. Well, yeah, and I think, but part of me like the, the homegrown factor does kind of kick in, and as I said like the fact that he has been at the club for a long time and he's gone through his trials and tribulations within the club. And it seemed like he'd come out for the other side of it. But, you know, for, even if you exclude the add-on, Stu sort of saying, you know, 48 appearances in the Premier League, one goal, one assist. He's had one good season in the Championship. That alone, to get 25 million is bonkers. And, you know, genuinely, I hope he, I hope he continues to push on his career. But for that kind of money... For us to get in Guedes to essentially replace him. You know, it, I did read no a point point you know, you know, you Alex Richard do from the, the Mirror who posted earlier that mm. pretty much the initial fee for Morgan Gibbs White pretty much covers us for Guedes, uh, Nunes and Collins for the amortization in the FFP. Bullet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was what he, he, he tweeted about, which it's uh Look, I'm not an accountant, but the fact that you can split the fees, the ones that you've spent uh, across a number of years, but when, you, when you're when raking it in, uh, you put the whole fee up <laughs> straight away as, as, a, as a, you know, deposit in the bank. It's just, it's just quite funny, but there you go. I mean, I, the, the mad thing for me is that, I mean, you made a good point there, Rich, you know, equivalent fee for Diogo Jota. When you compare the body of work, of both players at the point at which they left, there is no comparison whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And then the simple fact that Forrest has spent, well, free transfer, but the highest paid player at the club now is Jesse Lingard. They've now splurged their, half their transfer budget, it seems, on their record fee in, in their history on Gibbs White. Two players who play in the same position, right? Mm. You've, both, you've put them both on a pedestal there, you know, in terms of your highest paid player versus your most expensive player ever. How the hell do you then decide which one you're going to play? Because I don't really see that the balance um, in terms of whether, because I don't see Gibbs White being a striker at Premier League level yet. Um, I don't see him playing deeper and they play with one number 10. I, I, I'm, I'm just baffled that they feel like... Are they going to play him out what? Do you think they're going to play him most on the right of a front three sort of thing? I, I don't... Think... <sighs> But they can't it's afford to not play it? the back three, uh, yeah. and from what I've seen, and you know they're bringing in likes of Husam Awa as well, um, who who's going to play. So you know, even even the two Huddersfield boys that they brought in weren't cheap. You know, they, they've made all these signings, and you're like, somewhere on the line, you've got to think. I'm the 16th. That gives what is the 16th player they brought in this season. You can get a 20 man squad out on a, on a Saturday. 16 into 20, you know, tells you enough that, you know, you're not necessarily going to be starting every week. Yeah. And like, I, I appreciate, did I lose 12 players in the summer for one reason or another? But still, 16, so many to integrate. Uh, it, it it doesn't make sense. We've seen it happen with Wolves before when we've had to bring in so many players at once. It doesn't work for Premier League teams. You're genuinely better off sticking with the team you've got make four high quality additions to your team that yeah. usually down the spine of your team isn't it and hope that sees you through and then I, you add in then you add in you know the, the auxiliary ones out wide 
I mean, I ain't being funny. I, I appreciate Steve Cooper. Uh, Steve Cooper wanted Gibbs White as his number one target. Having done all the business I've done and watched them at the weekend, their priority was they need a new centre half. Um, yeah. their, their defence looked championship playing you know, in their first home match of a Premier League season. I looked up for it, but they did yeah. not look competent at this level to me. West Ham. Did it feel like an FA Cup game to you? Kind of, yeah. yeah. You know Atmosphere-wise and, you know, as a novelty factor and they shit house to goal and shit house to win, essentially. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Joe Worrell is not convincing me as a Premier League center off at all. What's your thoughts on that comment, Rich? Uh, we'll buy Morgan Gibbs White back for 10 million when Forrest go down. Yeah. Yeah. More, more than happy to, again. Rich will, make the, well, Rich will make the journey from Sheffield to pick him up, personally. Perfect. And, like, again... Yeah, you know, I hope he pushes on because he's someone who's n- not quite found his space at uh, his place at football at the moment in terms of what his best position is. And it was fine for him last year at Sheffield United because he's leaps and bounds beyond championship level. We already knew this. It's where does he fit into a Premier League side where we can have a consistent impact? I don't. It is it is a worry, and it was my worry going into this season for Wolves. Um, and he's done he's done he did well in preseason. He's done well the first couple of games, but you know you, you move on, and you you know frankly we've got Gredes now who who occupies exactly the same space he does. And again, it's going to go. It's, it's going to go one of two ways. I think for them, I think it's they're all just going to miraculously gel, and they're just going to look ridiculously good. Like I can see sort of Dennis up top, and then Gibbs White and Lingard behind. Maybe I feel like it's either going to go work well, or they're just going to be horrific. Now I predicted them to be sixteenth on the old prediction league, um, and I can just see that they've signed decent players which I think they should have enough now to stay up but whether whether there's too many like you guys say I don't know I don't know there still doesn't seem enough goals in that nice Notts Forest side for me yeah I know Lingard's never really been prolific at Premier League level as you know he had a decent season for West Ham the season before last but um I still don't think they've got enough goals. And I think defensively, like Gully just mentioned, they really need to strengthen that back four before the transfer window closes. Getting Dean Anderson in was a shrewd bit of um, a loan business, but I still think the way that they looked on um, Sunday against West Ham, bearing in mind that West Ham missed a penalty as well, I think Nukonga Forest will be in a relegation battle towards the end of the season unless this Greek owner there spends another £200 million and somehow land lucky with some super striker. Um, speaking of future uh, Wolves players, seen as Morgan Gibbs White has gone, Danny P in the, in the comments just the one assist for young Don Fabio Silva tonight against young boys. Five goals, three assists in seven games so far. Uh, what have you made to to Fabio's recent um, former uh, Anzalek Gully? Oh, he looks he looks absolutely at home, doesn't he? Um, he's on fire. I, I think we all knew he had that knack for getting into goal scoring positions. I still wish he had got more minutes um, last season because he was maturing into an excellent player. That performance against Villa at home was the best kind of centre-forward performance that any of our strikers showed last season. Um, And while we're stuck in a bit of a rut in that position right now, I I couldn't have wished for him to go out and and, and do more, you know, in in the sense that he's, he's clearly playing at a Decent enough level for him to, you know, to be some sort of challenge for him, but also 
You know, he's playing European football. He's going to gain confidence from scoring all these goals. He's playing at a team that's going to be competing at the top of the league as well, which is important. I think if you if you're not if you're playing for a team that isn't necessarily going anywhere and scoring goals, it doesn't necessarily add that kind of extra bit to your game. He's going to be competing for a title. You know, if he comes back with the Belgian uh, league title um, to his name as well, that's going to be, give him so much confidence and and really you know build that winning mentality into him as well. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of uh, Fabio Silva. The only reason that he's scoring goals is the quality of the league. To me, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at. It doesn't matter whether it's the Papa John's or, or the Jupiler or the Champions League. As long as you're scoring or making goal contributions at a professional level, that's only going to do the better for him confidence-wise. And coming up against um, grown men week in, week out, surely it's going to benefit him in the long run, Rich. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the Belgium League league isn't you know it's not it's not like it's a semi-pro league pub level yeah it, it's arguably lower quality than the premier league but it's still it's still teams who are competing at a european level and the expectation of the likes of Anderlecht is very much to win the title every season it is to try and make a push in europe as well and, and really make some headway and that that requires people to perform week in week out and i think what what has impressed me most about Silver. It's not just the goals, but it's the variety of goals. Like they've all been different, but they've all been so such high quality as well. You know, the header he scored um, last week just phenomenal. Again, he's he, he said he's, he's always got himself into good position at Wolves, and I think especially when he first joined in that first season where he was kind of massively in the deep end, the pace was ever so slightly too quick for him. He didn't quite have the reading of the game to to really make an impact on day one which you're never going to look at the likes of Harry Kane and he needed that hey someone's just commented about Harry Kane as well as, as I speak um, but you, you're right sometimes you actually do need that development just to get that slightly better understanding of the game because he's clearly got it to a to a sense it's just that fine tuning of it and he's in a, in a perfect position by the sounds of it and they they love him there as well and you know if he comes back after the season and he becomes the heir apparent to Raul but that's great planning by the, by the club and they, you know they've they've done a master stroke I think I absolutely love that Harry Kane is the go-to example that we're all hoping Fabio Silva emulates uh, towards his uh his prime years of playing professional football. I think it's because I think because you either go down like a, there's a couple of different cliche paths. I think you can go down when you've got a boy wonder. That I think when someone breaks onto the scene at 18 years old, a lot of us think he's going to be like Michael Owen, and he's going to score goals on day one. But the chance of that happening, uh, it, it's it's you know 0.1% type thing. It does take a little bit of time. And, you know, I think Harry Kane's a really good example of it. And I think the fact that he's come out and said, you know, I, pl- I played championship, I played League One level and realised how important it was um, of, of, of those devils to then come back into Spurs. And, you know, no, I don't think anyone ever doubted Harry Kane was top quality, but sometimes you need it. And also, clubs can't afford to, um, you know, cl- clubs can't afford to just give them a chance sometimes straight off the bat so Wolves have seemed to or at least think they've got the luxury to loan him out and not use his resources internally and hopefully reap the benefits you say um, in 12 months time 
Guys, uh, I can see uh, there's over 60 of you, a uh, lot of us uh, this evening. Uh, thanks for joining us uh, on the Wolves Fancast, part of the 90min.com network and our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Just drop a quick like in the bottom left. Just, just give me some more uh, love because that's all I'm feeling tonight in this room. Um, we're going to go for a little quick break and then we're going to touch on uh, game week three of the EPL. That's just purely for our audio listeners where we'll crowbar some lovely adverts in for you guys. Uh, guys, this week and Wolves kick off the Premier League weekend um, with the 12.30 kickoff on BT Sport away to Tottenham. Some big fixtures then uh, as we kick off. Uh, Crystal Palace versus Villa, Everton, uh, Forest, Fulham, Brentford, Leicester, Southampton are the three o'clocks, followed by the evening kickoff on Saturday night between Bournemouth and Arsenal. Uh, Sunday, Leeds, Chelsea, West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle, Man City are the Super Sunday. And then Monday night, Manchester United. Empty protest night of the year versus Liverpool. Both teams struggling in the bottom three, I believe, at the moment. Both on a draw. Uh, it's really it's tough to see big clubs like that struggling, but we'll uh, we'll try and enjoy that another time because we're here to focus on uh, Tottenham Wolves the weekend. Uh, just before we touch on our guys' feelings, we've got um, Ricky from Last Word on Spurs to give his thoughts on the game. Hey guys, it's Ricky Sachs here from the Last Word on Spurs. Hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Just giving you my thoughts ahead of Tottenham Hotspur taking on Wolves at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Big game for Tottenham, obviously, starting the season fairly, fairly well and looking to continue their good start to the season. Again, good opening day win for Tottenham against Southampton, where they secured a 4-1 victory. And following on from that, a battling 2-2 draw, quite literally battling 2-2 draw against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Ahead of this game for Spurs against Wolves, obviously we're hearing obviously news coming out of the club this evening that Christian Romero is set to miss at least the next 10 days due to an injury which he actually sustained against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Big, big blow for Tottenham. I think we all agree Christian Romero, absolutely huge player for the football club and one that Spurs are going to have to find a way now of coping with. Of course, Spurs have got options in terms of their back line. They've signed Clement Longley obviously, uh, in the summer, of course. They've got Davidson Sanchez, who proved to be an able deputy last season in the absence of Romero. So Tottenham have definitely got options there, but it does change the dynamics slightly for the challenge of Wolves at the weekend. Obviously, Wolves got themselves a new summer signing in, Matias Nunes, a player that seems to be highly, highly thought of and one that I'm sure Spurs fans will be hoping isn't registered in time ahead of the game on Saturday afternoon. And for Spurs, you'd expect them to maybe make the one in force change there with Christian Romero. Unsure whether Conte will give a full debut to Richarlison, who proved himself to be well, very dynamic for Tottenham. He came off the bench against Chelsea the weekend. Uh, made an instant impact, really changed the game for Tottenham. We'll be interested to see if Conte does shuffle his pack, of course, ahead of the weekend. I think for Tottenham, of course, the minimum has to be three points. Again, uh, Wolves were being very honest and very generous to them, a side that have caused Spurs problems in the past, of course, beat Tottenham Hotspur last season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium by two goals to nil. But you do just feel overall Tottenham's quality should hopefully tell on the day. Of course, Harry Kane already scoring in August, thankfully. Hummin Sons had a quiet start to the season. But when you look at Spurs as a whole, they look like they've got goals in their team. Rodrigo Bentancourt, again, really showing the underrated side's ability, I think, 
over the course of that game against Southampton. A little bit lesser quiet against Chelsea, but a player that ultimately can be pivotal for Tottenham in that midfield. Pierre-Mir Hoybier, of course, got Tottenham's equaliser. Uh, one of two at the weekend against Chelsea. I would imagine he'll start as well. So I think for Tottenham, the general well decision will be in that back line who comes in to fill Christian Romero's void. You would imagine it will possibly be Davinson Sanchez. We know as of last week, Clement Longley was still looking to get up to pace. But overall, a positive outlook for Tottenham going into the game despite that injury to Romero. You would imagine Spurs will just have a bit too much for Wolves on the day. So I'm going to personally predict that Spurs will beat Wolves by two goals to nil. And of course, wishing you guys all the very best for the season. Bar, of course, when we meet you on Saturday and the reverse fixture. Thanks so much as always, guys. Take care. Thanks for that, Ricky, and my old China. Uh, hope that scores a terrific hair, But, uh, yeah, thanks for your, your thoughts, Ricky. Obviously, he, he mentioned that uh, centre-back Christian Romero is going to be a massive uh, uh, loss to them the weekend. Uh, but it's all about that front three, isn't it? Kim, uh, Kulisevsky, Son and Kane. We need to keep those three quiet and hope our uh, attacking lineup, with hopefully the addition of Mateus Nunes, can uh, get us a good result. Yeah, I think I think even you know we're not expecting Nunes to even start for us, but I think we're going to be. I think it's a different Tottenham side to um, the you know the last twice that I think we've been there and and, and beat them. I think they're really looking. Um, under Conte a lot sharper and that front three I can't see Richarlison starting just because I think Kulisevsky, Son and Kane look pretty much the the real deal at the moment plus I've got Kulisevsky in my fancy team so the best not start uh, Richarlison um, but yeah I just can't I think we'll, the only potential um, chance we have got is the fact that obviously Romero's out and Sanchez has made some mistakes in the past, doesn't look the most uh, competent centre-half. So who knows, Like maybe we can put um, put their defence under some pressure. But yeah, I would. I don't think we'll get battered, but I would say that they will uh, get a narrow win, personally. Uh, for the people in the comments section querying uh, Morgan Gibbs-White in that starting lineup, that was a starting lineup for our fixture uh, against Fulham. It's not a predicted lineup. That was just us giving us an example of what the, both sides played in their previous fixtures. Uh, but thanks for your comments. Um, Gully, Kim mentioned that she doesn't think Nunes will start. What's your opinion on that? I think he does. I think he does. I think he's too good to not having the team, especially when you consider that you know, Matinho might not be fit. Um, and we did go with a 4-3-3 on a couple of occasions in pre-season to start games. I know there were a couple of occasions in in, in those friendlies where we, we transitioned into a 4-2-3-1. Um, but I think you, you do go with it just because we're up against a better side than we've played uh, in the first two games this season. And yeah, that, that free of Dendonca Neves and Nunes would probably give the best kind of balance um, in there. It's got all different uh, kind of capabilities. Um, and I think, you know, interestingly, I, I mean, Ricky seems pretty confident. I appreciate uh, Antonio Conte has brought a lot of um, ambition and, um, you know, enthusiasm to Tottenham. They, they had a good end to the season last year. But we've gone to the new White Hart Lane, you know, and done really well there. Um, three wins out of the last four away to Spurs. I always think that we've got a decent chance against them. And um, you know, when you chuck Gonzalo Geds maybe getting a start as well into the mix, 
um, then our team starts to look really, really handy. Um, so, yeah, we've definitely upgraded uh, from the last few fixtures we've had against them. So I don't see why we can't be confident. Uh, Craig Dawes in the comments section says 4-3-3. Matinho, Neves, Nunes in midfield with a front three of Neto, uh, Jimenez and Gets. What's your sort of six, Rich, in regards to if we went for a 4-3-3 formation? Who's your midfield three and who's your front three if everyone's fitting on form? If it's if fitting on form against Spurs, I'd still be tempted to start Donk, you know. It's not a bold trait, Rich. I, I, I'd, I'd be inclined to, like, to agree with that, knowing that Matino isn't fully fit yet. Yeah, like he's not let anyone down the last couple of days. If anything, he's probably one of, been one of our higher performers. Um, and again, he's someone who ideally is a very useful player to have against a higher caliber team because he does the dirty work and he can plug holes um, which is you know what he's good at um, and again as Gully said the, the idea you know it's an interesting prospect having Nevers and Nunes and Donkin there they all offer you something slightly different in, a slight, in, in different areas of the pitch front three I'm not 100% sure how fit um, Jimenez is if he is fit, I, I, I'd be definitely looking to start him. Um, and I think if if we're going for a front three, I'm not sure if I'd be starting. I'm not sure about starting Podence just because I think he performs better in a three and behind, um, personally, or on the left. And Neto seems to be performing better on the left. And I'd almost go. I'd probably go with Neto, uh, Guedes, and a striker um again they, they, if Gredis can play up front then definitely i'd bring in podence but yeah that might if Jimenez is fit which i don't know if he is maybe go Jimenez. i think uh, me and gully are one of daniel Powell's biggest fans within the our fan cast group but he didn't have his great game on saturday uh did he kim just powder start for you on saturday no, um, well, it's a bit harsh, isn't it? I suppose just to drop him after one bad game, but I was calling him to to get taken off pretty early because he just felt like everything he was touching, he just wasn't on his game at all. Um, and it's difficult, isn't it? I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not hundred percent sure what his best position is. Is it? you know, off the right sort of inverted sort of winger or is it off the striker? Because I think sometimes his lack of height, shall we say, means that pop when he's popping up in the middle, he's often getting pushed off the ball. Um, but I think in informed Pudence, you'd like to think he does just about get in the team. But I think because we've got so much uh, competition now, it's, it's difficult to say. Um, but... I think Neto has to start, Gweds has to start, and then it's just a case of if Raul's fit. Um, and then, yeah, personally, I don't think that this new, well, this thing of not playing a striker, albeit I know we don't have one to play, doesn't work for us. Um, we don't create enough opportunities. We don't have anyone in the box. The ball just flashes across the box and no one there. So I think if Raul is pretty much fit, even... 70% fit for me he's got to start was I the on the only one within this uh four people that felt a bit deflated in uh 
Geddes' performance against Fulham. I know the game wasn't the greatest overall, but there were a couple of moments where I thought he, sh- he should have drove at their defence. There was definitely one uh, opportunity in the second half where it was basically him one-on-one against the full-back and he tried some uh, outside-of-the-foot pass, which was was a feeble toe-poke towards the keeper. But what, what was your opinion on Geddes' uh, performance, Sir Gulley? Yeah, it was underwhelming. Um, I do think the entire team just kind of flagged towards the end of the game. Pretty much from the point he came on, it just didn't really work. Uh, I think the Gibbs-White chance in the second half came just before he came on. And after that, we really didn't create anything. Now, whether that speaks to his movements um, and his ability to get involved in the game, obviously it's his debut. You can't really be that harsh on him. But when you saw him in that position, yeah, like you say, and you, you know his ability to dribble to dribble past people and run at people is one of his strengths. You wonder why he didn't really take that opportunity. Um, so hopefully he's a bit more direct and aggressive in that sense uh, when next time he's on the pitch. Uh, unfortunately for Gully, uh, GTA fan Kess got released yesterday and the views on that were massively butchered due to Mateus Nunes' arrival. But... Uh, We've all discussed Mateus Nunes and obviously his ability to to take on players. You've mentioned in the latest Grand Theft Auto, uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto fan cast, <laughs> well, his tactical analysis fan cast, that our take-ons against Fulham were terrible. Three out of 19, that was successful. Just want to give uh, the viewers a, a brief rundown of what happened in your episode and we'll plug the episode after it again. Well, there, there certainly wasn't any Grand Theft Auto in it, just to, just to clarify. I'm not committing any crimes here, guys. Um but yeah, I, I kind of talked about essentially the, the way we were looking to create chances and what we needed to do to create chances with the setup of the team and the individuals that were on the pitch. And when you go back to the Leeds game, we actually completed more dribbles in that game than any game last season. And that's considering Adama was playing for us uh, for half the season, um, which is really uh, promising and, and goes to show the kind of individual characteristics we got within the squad to actually beat people. To then go to um, a game where we only completed three out of 19 against the Fulham side who were pretty resolute to be fair and they clearly defended those situations well uh, was really disappointing and that's I think that was a, a big reason why we weren't getting into good positions to get shots off to create more chances um, I think you can put it down to a little bit of an off day for the likes of Pedence and Neto but they do need to step it up and, and, and make a better fist to that kind of part of the game one of the areas that's open for debate on uh, Saturday, Rich, is our right fullback position. Obviously, Nelson Samado made his return after injury on uh, before the end of last season. Johnny didn't have one of his, I'd say, maybe his worst uh, performance in a Wolf shirt on Saturday. Uh, just Would you bring Samado back in? I'd bring Samado back in. I've been on and on about whether you're dropping eight Nori or whether you're dropping Johnny. Because I know he's not, he's looked all right, but he's, considering how lively he looked in pre-season, the first two games haven't necessarily been a reflection of that for me. Um, Samado definitely starts. He looked great when he came on um, against Fulham. He was missed at the back end of last season. I think he's definitely a nailed-on start for me if he's fit. I'd be tempted to go for Johnny just because he's probably slightly more defensively resolute than Aiton Norrie. And with Spurs liking their wingers to cut inside, having Johnny with a stronger right foot 
on the left might make sense. But saying that, Eight Norrie's um, been a really good lockdown fullback against big teams. Look what he did against Mo Salah last season. Yeah, Ryan Atnori has been uh, an exceptional bit of business for Wolves. Uh, Craig Dawes in the, in the comments, Samada all day, put Johnny on the left. Yeah. I don't uh, think you, can, you can't you can trust Atnori so much in a back four. I always feel like he's going to either give the ball away or we haven't got that covering defender. So I just think that we can't continue... Although Aitnor is good going forward, I think he's still got a lot to learn defensively. So I think yeah. I, I don't think we can do anything else. But Samedo has to start and Johnny has to start in a back four that feels a lot more solid and at least they can both defend a lot better than Aitnor. Whereas if we were playing a five, I think you can afford to get away with um, playing Aitnor because we always had that covering defender. It makes a massive difference to the role. I think ultimately it comes down to the fact that as a full back in the four, you have to cover more ground. As a centre-back in a four, you have to cover more ground. And you could see that Aitnori struggled a little bit with having to stretch his legs a bit um, and, and get to his man rather than, um, you know, being really tight to his man and perhaps the ball not even reaching the winger he's marking because he is so tight to his man uh, with a back five. Um, and Johnny, I think, as well struggled with it. Whether it's, he's more comfortable on the left than the right, I don't really buy that because um, I think you can basically transpose from either side and, and be quite comfortable defensively. Um, so I think he's got to do better, um, especially against Naiskins Cavano, who kept cutting in on his right and just doing what he wanted, really, for much of the game. Mm. It is going to be a difficult um, game for Wolves on, on Saturday. Like Gully mentioned earlier, we have got a good record at Wolves Heart Lane in, in recent history, three wins out of four there. Um, but that has been with a back five, which has usually done well at stifling that front three. Attack of Spurs. Uh, a few people in the comments have mentioned the uh, concern about Richarlison because he has got a good record as uh, as he against us. Just going to touch on fancy Premier League at the moment before we go to the score predictions for the week. Mateus Nunes got announced uh, as five million, which seems very good value uh, for the midfielder that we all think he's going to be uh, this season. Uh, Emily Smith with her team name BBLA eleven currently leads the Wolves Fancast Public League on one hundred and sixty two points. Uh, Luke Thompson is currently leading out of the fancast pundits. He's on 140, followed by Matt and Kim. And me and Rich don't want to talk about it. Game week three. As I mentioned earlier, Wolves kick off the weekend away to Tottenham. Uh, what, what sort of games stand out for you there, Gully, in regards to games that uh, the neutrals will more than likely enjoy? I'll, I'll be interested to see how Newcastle approach their game against City, just because I think um, they look pretty competent and their midfield is really impressive um, now that Jolene kind of on the pitch it seems um, other than that I think Leicester and Southampton could be an interesting game just for the fact that they're both a bit of a mess right now um, if, if, you, if I was to put a, some money on it that's definitely a both teams to score one for me um, so yeah it's uh, look it's it's always interesting the early weeks of the season because you, you really don't know what to expect from teams. So um, yeah, just hope Crystal Palace uh, do a number on Villa now that um, their their best defenders out for the next nine months. It was a good uh, point for uh, Crystal Palace away at Liverpool on Monday night. So hopefully they can pick up their first home win of the season at uh, home to Villa on Saturday. What game stands out for you, Kim? Um, I think I've got eyes on. Arsenal against Bournemouth, just because I think Arsenal are looking quite good. So from an FPL perspective, I can see uh, 
hopefully some decent points. Um, just generally, I think as well, Leeds, Chelsea could be quite a, a tasty one. Um, obviously, they've had sort of a bit of a rivalry, haven't they, over the, over the years. Um, and then the obvious one, I suppose, is Man United, Liverpool, because I, I, I can see Liverpool really um, putting United to the sword again, I must say, and it will be absolutely fantastic if that happens. Just I can imagine the... The protests will be well well underway if it does. It has got a, a night of carnage written all over that Man United <laughs> versus Liverpool game, hasn't it? Um, Man United are literally in dire straits at the moment. I, I just don't know where this club goes. It seems like they've got another f- good few years of getting worse before they start to improve again. That Newcastle's Man City game is going to be a good one, I think, for the neutral. I've got to mention Newcastle still got that momentum. They look quite impressive at home, and uh, obviously Man City are just the, the team to beat in the league. They've already got. There could be there could be seven points ahead of Liverpool before Liverpool play Man United on on Monday night. So you'd fancy Man City to be up for that. Uh, Fulham Brentford. Uh, what's that sort of north northwest London derby? Uh, Everton versus Forest should be a good game because both sides uh, need to, to to get another win. Obviously, Forest picked up their first one against uh, West Ham, but they 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 lost to Newcastle, didn't they? First away game of the season, so that should be a decent one for the neutral. I'm just going to come to you each with my most hated part of the show: the score prediction for Spurs versus Tottenham. We can see Rich grimacing straight away, so I'll come to Rich first to put his money. For real. Mouthies. Um, I'm gonna go for one one. Do you want to predict a no. score that rich? Uh, you know what? I, I I'm gonna fancy Donk to get on the score sheet again. I think I did. I've been pushing for yeah. Donk to score the last two games, and he's come exactly. close a couple of times. Exactly. Third game, lucky. Again, he's got he's got that little bit of a knack for it. If we've got a three man midfield, there might be opportunities for him to break forward, and he's good from a set piece as well. Occasionally, I think he nearly scored, didn't he? In the build up to, did he score last season? He did. I'm yeah, sure yeah. He scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's got I it. In him. I think that's what I'm going off as much as anything else. But uh, yeah, I struggle. To, I I think as Kim said, I struggle to see us winning at the moment. But you know. Spurs weren't amazing against Chelsea. They had to dig deep to find it. They didn't dominate the game. So <clears throat> it, it sort of depends, I think, genuinely about what, what Wolves team turns up. And if we're able to do the job sort of like we did against Spurs at home last season and really open them up, it, it could be an interesting contest, I think. What's your feelings on the game, Kim? Saturday 12.30, BT Sport. Well, I got it completely. Well, not completely wrong, but I predicted two-two last week, and so I got the the the, the result right, but not the <laughs> not the amount of goals. I will go without sounding too negative. I do think I think it'll be two-one Tottenham. Uh, I think Kilman will score from a corner for us, but I think I'll go a goal from Kulusevski and and Son. But it'll be a battling performance. Just realistic, not negative. It's fine. We have to have uh, a lost prediction every now and then, don't we? Uh, unfortunately, it's you the one that's had to provide it this weekend. Uh, Gully, any optimism from you? Can we get a good result there on Saturday? Look, we've just had one of the best days 
<laughs> on all social media in our history. I, I was thinking about this. We must have been one of the most mentioned clubs on the planet today, like mm. easily, just because of the the Nunes news and then the the the, the fume around the the fee for Morgan Gibbs. White. everybody seems to be getting involved in that conversation, and um, so we should be happy. We should be optimistic, and I think Nunes. Wow. The uh, 2-1 Wolves. 2-1 Wolves from Gulley. Um, our, our sort of squad in recent years, they do raise their games in impressive football stadiums like Tottenham. Hopefully we can do it again on Saturday. I'm going to go with the Wolves 1-0 and I think it's going to come from Mateus Nunes. <laughs> and I think Ooh. that's just going to springboard us to where we want to be. Not just this season, but in life. <laughs> Thanks to everyone that's joined us tonight on the Wolves Fancast match preview. We're here every week, usually on a Thursday night previewing. Hopefully, we'll be back on Sunday evening with a podcast reviewing the win. Hopefully, a draw. I'm not greedy, but we've had Mateus dinner this week, so I'm not greedy. I'll take a draw if we really, if we offered it. As always, thanks for following us. Continue to follow us at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all uh, reputable social media channels. We'll see you on Sunday. Take care. Enjoy your weekend. Up the Wolves.